Hey Prasanna, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for doing this. Pleasure to have you on board. Likewise, Radip. I'm excited to be here and thanks for inviting me. Fantastic, yeah. So I would like to start off first by just simply understanding a little more about your journey. So uh, as much as I know, I believe you started off in India, you're in Europe since quite a few years now, and you have had quite a illustrious IT career. So could you tell us a little bit about how you got to Europe and what have you been doing in India? What have you been doing there? And what has led you to be in leadership positions in IT so far? Sure. Um, <clears throat> my two and a half uh, decade of experience, I will split into a few segments. The <clears throat> foundational years of my life were uh, in India. And, uh, <clears throat> sorry, mainly they... Uh, the, the, those years were where I was learning about applications, infrastructure. I was learning about hardware. I started uh, as a base level. I started as a junior technician, not even as a technician, but at a junior technician level. And um, I started with my, though I had my engineering degree, but then um, the idea was to learn from the scratch. And I have always been a person to learn something from the basic level. <clears throat> if my foundations are not strong, I will not be able to scale up. So that has been my thought no matter when and where in my life uh, I have progressed. So going further, I kept on learning about hardware um, and then I started to build my networks. I went into designing and from designing, I went into infrastructure and servers. From infrastructure servers, I went on to applications and now I'm into pharma IT. So most of my um, life in in professional life, I think, has been spent in the space of pharma IT. And, and uh, it is slightly different than conventional IT, for sure. But in, uh, interestingly, there are cer certain elements which uh, I would want to talk about later um, about pharma IT. But so far, uh, my career has got me to live in many parts of the world, whether it was in uh, starting from India, going to US, living in US, UK, um, in Europe, in Singapore. And one thing I have seen is the passion of people is common everywhere. Um, the zeal to do something different is common everywhere. And it might vary here and there with few percentiles, but otherwise um, the thought process of how can we create a different paradigm? How can we bring the value into the system? That is common everywhere. And seeing um, the various diversities unanimously brings one thought for me that uh, humans are same no matter where we go. It is how we approach them, um, how we get into um, the various factors of uh, cultures. I think that's, I as a leader have, have learned those and, uh, and now my thought after my two and a half de decade of experiences to help people grow further in the space of IT. That's what I'm doing at the moment. Fantastic. Yeah. Are you, you've been working for about, as you mentioned, like about close to 25 years or so. In this much time, what do you think, and, and I'm asking you this because you're in, in a technical, technical field, which is not, not IT, but in pharma tech as a whole. What do you think people require beyond the technical skills to succeed in this particular industry? 
It's an interesting question. I have uh, three mantras of my life, which I would want to share. Um, and this is beyond technology. One is self-honesty. If I'm delivering something, uh, is this true to my own self that the quality, the value, the impact, uh, is this, am I satisfied with this? So one thing is I'm, I'm very strong about is self-honesty. Second is about passion to excel. That, that fire in the belly has to be there at any given point of time. Every single day when I wake up, that energy kicks me out to say that, yes, I'm going to do something different and create something different today. How minuscule it might be or how impactful it might be, but I still want to do it. And when I hit the bed for the same day, it is very important for me to realize that, wow, it was a fruitful day. I either helped someone or I created something or I moved even uh, uh, an inch forward, but that gives me a level of satisfaction. And third is take people along. This is very important. I've seen I've seen millennials who um, work, they, they toil in, but then uh, my ask is that take people along, collect. You may be an insider of a thought, but then when you when you bring 10 other heads along with it and you build a force, the impact of that is humongous. So, uh, and, and that is something, these are my three mantras. So self-honesty, passion to excel and take people along. Fantastic, yeah. What about if we, if we were to break it down from a communication perspective? So if we talk about communication skills, especially the tech world, as you keep on scaling up the ladder, obviously your job is going to become less about execution and more and more about people management. So when it comes to communication trainings or just building yourself up to becoming a leader, what would you highlight as a key communication skill that everyone should foster so that it's easier for them to succeed in managerial or leadership positions? There are two, two aspects to this, Radeep. One is about um, clarity of thought. A communication starts in the mind uh, before anywhere else. If I'm clear about what I want to say and I'm clear in my mind, then the translation of that follows. So if I'm clear about the thought, I'm able to execute it with the full clarity, number one. Number two is the conciseness. In the business language, conciseness is very important. How how much precision am I conveying? With what, what kind of precision am I conveying to the audience? And why the precision is needed? Because we are talking about various cultures, as I mentioned. Uh, I may be talking to an American. I may be talking to a person from a, a, a British national. I may be speaking to an Indonesian. doesn't matter. If my message is capsulated and crisp enough that anyone across the globe can understand this, is simple enough, is crisp enough, and conveys the exact message what I have relayed in my mind before, then I'm good to go. And that is one of the attributes that um, leaders I have seen and I have um, honed upon what my from my learnings is that the message has to be number one, impactful, and second, as crisp as possible. And is there any uh, tips that you can give to people to help them foster these particular... So it could 
be either of the skills that you mentioned or both the skills that you mentioned, right? In terms of clarity of thought or crispness, how would people go about fostering it? Because a lot of people who enter into tech are obviously coming from technical backgrounds, engineering backgrounds, and they're taught more about the architectural side of things as opposed to the communication side of things. So how, how should they go about building these particular skills? One is, of course, that yes, they can take courses and coaching and all of that. Yes, sure, they can take external help. But anything else that they could do to foster these particular skills? Um, one of my bosses, um, I, I would like to share this one, and I'm having a bit of smile on my face as I say this, because it is it sounds silly, but it is quite logical and pragmatic. Um, and this specifically applies to the uh, technocrats and to the technical SMEs, because I have been one uh, in, in my le learning journey. And at po one point in time, I spoke technical language, um, which did not make sense to the other side of the world. And hence, this sentence comes uh, from one of the leaders that I worked with. He is a CIO uh, or he has been a CIO. I reported to a CIO. So um, he said that what you're trying to convey if your grandmother is able to understand and it is so simple then you're you you're one step forward in your communication so simplify the information knowing who is there on the other side if you have a technocrat on the other side and who understands the language the wavelength you're free to go in conveying what you want to but if you know that the other side is a business spokesperson or he's from the sales side or she is from a marketing side or uh, HR side who might not know the domain and the expertise or the competencies that you have, you have to switch the gears and switching the gears based on the personalities and the personas that you're speaking. That is an art to be learned. And that art is coming through experience. This is very important. Otherwise, it will be more of an information. It is more like a telegraph that is passing on the information and we do not know whether the other end has received this information or not. So this is critical, especially in the technical world where there are certain decisions that are made or have to be made and you need to bring the stakeholders together. It is imperative to ensure that the message is not encrypted, but as simple as if I have to talk in the technical language, as decrypted and as simple that it can be even read by our own grandmothers. Yeah, that, that's a great point because I, I remember I was discussing this in, in just the previous podcast we had recorded with one, this one other guy who is working at Face at Meta. And same thing, he mentioned the same thing, right, of simplicity itself. Same, and he's like you, he's from a tech background and everything. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that that there's a bit of a, a line, that pattern that we're seeing. And what I have noticed is that in all these interviews, right, in big, big tech companies, they tend to ask technical people this particular, to judge their communication skills, this, something along the lines of this question, which is that, can you explain quantum technology to a five-year-old? Or can you explain programming to a five-year-old? Like these type of questions, right? And I think that's a real test to see if people can simply and clearly and concisely put across the particular points. In your journey throughout the different companies you worked with and the interviews you've given and you've successfully given, have you noticed 
any skills or any tips that you would have for people that can help them pass interviews which would which because people get very nervous right before the interview they don't know how to prepare for it really so anything that they can do to really prepare for it maybe you can give your own experience and just give some tips in general what would you say to people entering their jobs whether it, it's a person who is entering the job or whether uh, there's a person who um, is somewhere in the mid of their career no matter what stage they are in one thing one philosophy to be always remembered is i am attending the interview because i believe in myself i know for sure that there is certain value that i can bring in even if i'm starting from the inception i'm starting from the scratch i'm a fresher i'm starting doesn't matter i'm a person with two and a half decades of experience doesn't matter these are just numerics end of the day if i am able to bring the value and i am able to show that yes this is the kind of passion this is the kind of this is my value system this is my experience probably people focus more on the side of experience and they speak about the projects and i have seen seldom people speak about the impact they speak about the value because of these projects what happened how did it transpire what was the outcome of those projects so we go into the tacticalities rather than showing the other other side of the hemisphere i think that is very important so there are two aspects to this if i have to summarize one is during the interview show who you are and second is show what if you have not done anything what you can do if you have already done what you have done and whatever what was the outcome and the impact of it rather than the cv is already there we don't have to repeat what the cv says but then you have to say which the cv doesn't talk about and that is a uh, you know the beauty of interview basically because with all the hypothesis all the understanding the interviewer has already seen the cv they have made their mind to say yes this is a good candidate and i want to understand a little bit more now the more should come from the person rather than what was already there executed in the cv got it got it yeah that's a good point i think people tend to be a little like oh i don't know how i'm going to perform but i think a good cushion to have is the last thing you said right that people they've already invested in you by judging your cv and calling you in for the interview itself so know that there is some value over there already and so need to be build further and further from that it's a great point okay so one thing that which is the theme of this particular podcast is to help people understand that there is a lot that your textbooks and your courses and your degrees do not teach you and it's only when you learn those certain nuances can you succeed in the corporate world or in any professional career my question to you is that basis your experience if you had to attribute a percentage to the amount you would attribute to your career success with regard to hard skills and to soft skills how much would you say so would hard versus soft be 60 40 50 50 70 30 whatever it might be what what would your take be this is an interesting question rithi because um the journey uh, determines the percentage of the skills for example if i were to be in my first 10 years or first 7 to 8 uh, years of my life the hard skills 
played a very important role because that is where I was learning about the technicalities. I was a hardcore SME. Um, I had put all my hands on into learning. So hence the hard skill percentage was going up to 70%. Hard skill and 30% was the minimal interaction and the soft skill where I had to work. But then the, the coin flipped over. When I started to move into managerial to leadership positions, that is where the soft skills came into picture. The ability for a leader to transform and not just transform the technical uh, capabilities in the organization, but also the people-related capabilities of the organization. How does a, a leader take along uh, his or her talent uh, portfolio? These are so many angles that come in and hence at that point in time, now if I look at it, I would say 80% of mine is all coming from the soft skill part of it, while 20% is the hard skill, which is more on the technical side. I would not need so much of technicalities, but I definitely need to understand what a technology means, uh, architectural level, design level, um, not at an implementation or execution level. But what is important for me is to pick those diamonds from the market, from those, those jewels who are passionate, they have done wonderful things and reading about the people, picking out those specific ones who can create the difference. I think that is where it becomes the, the prime importance uh, or one of the areas where the leader has to focus. And basically, uh, I, I conclude by saying that a leader builds more leaders in the organization. So this is, this is very, very important. One of the philosophies that I've always lived how I have grown from my leader to be a leader and how I commit to grow more leaders in the organization. So hence, 80% is uh, prime for me on the soft skill side. Fantastic. I think there's a good segue into my final question to you, which is that what, according to you, the very subjective view, makes a good company culture, whether it's a two-person company or a 2,000-person company? Three things, three, um, and these are behaviors, how, how I would call it as. Um, it can be a bottom-up behavior or it can be a top-down behavior, doesn't matter. Curiosity and hunger is very important. Hunger to learn, hunger to drive, hunger to create value. Second is unconditional sharing. I would look at I would look for an ecosystem, a, a, a place where anyone can share anything, whether it is a feedback to the manager, whether it is an innovation that they would want to bring in. So uh, unconditional learning, caring and sharing. That's second thing. And third, every single person in the organization should have a big picture view. They might st start small. They might have the first step forward in their mind, which is okay. But thinking the big picture is, is important. And why I'm saying about thinking the big picture is because at times, no leader is perfect. Leaders are human. No leaders have all the answers. When the whole ecosystem is built on these three pillars and principles, at that point in time, it's quite hom homogeneous, meaning that people can come forward to either Say, leader, I have a thought here. Mr. CIO, I have this thought. Can we think about it? And 
those ideas can come from any level can be a ground person who has a fantastic idea and that can create a paradigm in the company so the whole ecosystem on on curious curiousness unconditional sharing and seeing the big picture i think these are the primary pillars of any organization fantastic yeah i think with that we'll call it an end to this particular episode thank you so much for joining us in the frantically speaking podcast i hope that anyone hearing this who's looking to enter into the space of tech can understand what they need to focus on beyond just the academics and the technical skills prasanna thank you so much for your insights hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as i did and hopefully we will see you again soon thank you radeep pleasure being here